0: Welcome back to the Aging Project podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Craft, and together, my friends, we're on a mission to age well. Bloody well, if I'm being honest. Let's be real, though. We all need guidance when it comes to aging well, and that's why we've gathered the best possible support team for us. No topic is off limits, and I promise to ask all the right questions. Your questions. Before we dive in, don't forget to join our growing community of women from around the world. Sign up at theagingproject.com.au and become part of the Ageing Project community. You'll gain access to our treasure trove of podcast episodes, our free five-day morning challenge. And did you know we now have an online store called You Must Try It? It includes products we've discovered from our podcast guests and community. Think low-tox skincare, low-tox makeup, supplements, and more. You'll only find products we've tried, tested, and we love at youmusttry.com. Are you ready to begin today's episode? All righty, let's do it. Because our environments have changed
1: so much, you do have to start to be quite strategic about how you think about giving yourself movement. You know, it's very easy to sit in a couch all day when you're not sitting at your desk and to drive places. And, you know, our bodies wanna do that. Like, we're energy conservers. Like, biologically speaking, we're one of the laziest animals. So, you've gotta fight against that. And then you've gotta fight against your culture that says, hey, it's super normal to sit in a chair for eight hours a day. So, you actually, you do have to be quite strategic and committed.
0: That was today's guest, Petra Fisher, who we discovered on Instagram. Petra's journey is nothing short of amazing. She's an ex Canadian lawyer who's become an expert in movement and transitioned her career to become an online course creator who travels the world. We love sharing stories of women embracing their passions and Petra is certainly an excellent example of that. Get ready to be inspired because this conversation is all about embracing mobility, following your passion and defying age-related stereotypes. Please welcome Petra Fisher. I feel like starting with, Coming to us live from Lombok is Petra Fisher. <laughs> Petra, look, we are here to talk to you today about mobility to get us thinking a little bit more about our body as a whole and how what we do with our feet affects our hips, affects our pelvic floor, uh, that everything has to work as one. But before we get to that, your personal story just absolutely fascinates me Uh, I mentioned that you're in Lombok now what has taken you there oh my gosh you know
1: the traveling thing started about five years ago and it started well it really started about seven years ago because it took us about two years to figure out how to do it but you know we were sitting around and we were like if we could move to outdoors and live outdoors and just camp all the time we should probably do that I wanted to live at camping and so We realized that we could make it work because we owned a house in Toronto and we had some rental income and we were like, we can save our money. We don't have to go out for dinners. And so we bought a truck and we started camping. Like we literally drove around North America for three years and that was how we started traveling. Um, But then because my work started getting busier because I wanted to keep teaching, it was really tough to have any kind of regular filming schedule when we were living out of the back of a, a vehicle. So we started doing this more digital nomad style living. So last winter, we were in Nicaragua and Costa Rica. And this year, we're in Asia. So we're much closer to you.
0: Unbelievable. That's really, I guess, that's almost the happy ending to this story, because you were a lawyer pre Petra Fisher movement. How did you get from sitting at a desk every day, or perhaps, um, you know, being in court, whatever it may have been to living this wonderful, inspiring life of movement around the globe and, and body movement as well? Both of them, yeah. Well, you know,
1: it was—I was a terrible lawyer. I was a really, really unhappy, (laughs) really bored lawyer, and so I got fired. It was super convenient. It was at the end of the big crash in two thousand and seven. It was a layoff, not a firing. Like I wasn't incompetent, but I was not a high-value production um, part of the chain, and I got laid off. And I was like, well, that's awesome because I was also miserable. And I moved to a job in the government for about five years while I sorted out what I wanted to do. And at the same time, my body was really having all kinds of problems. I had literally everything. I had shin splints, plantar fasciitis. I had neck pain that was disabling. And I didn't know what was happening to me. So I started looking for answers all the normal ways. So chiropractic, massage therapy, physiotherapy, acupuncture. I did all of it. And the first thing that stuck was movement therapy, and at that point, it was Pilates therapy for me, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like that's what's missing," because nothing else would stick for my body. And so, when that happened, I was like, "Okay, boom, answers for my body, answers for my career." And as soon as I discovered it, I started making the changeover. I got a personal training certificate. I got certified with a biomechanist called Katie Bowman, who's in the States. And I basically took me about a year to switch over to teaching instead.
0: I think it'd be fair to say that you're a goer, right? In in (laughs) Australia, that means someone that just gets in there, rips in, gets the job done, um, whether that's the way that you felt about your practicing law or not. But as a kid, were you a particularly active, physical, sporty kind of girl? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. I did love hiking,
1: but I was a reader. And I think that that's what ended up showing up in my career. And, you know, I still love to read and I still read very quickly. And I think that's, uh, I think it's one of the things that people like about me is that I write well. And I think it's because I've read my whole entire life. So it wasn't something that I found until later and really my whole desire to be fit started in my 20s and I was like I want to start running and as soon as I started running I started having sports injuries so I was just never able to be particularly fit and athletic even though I wanted to be so it's given me this kind of interesting insight on how to start moving when your body's not very good at moving and so that's kind of been the curve I've
0: been going through for the last 10 years or so. Do you find in in your readings and in your practices that a lot of people do that they go right I'm going to get fit. I really want this now. I, th- I feel like I'm mentally prepared enough to say it's time. And I guess in our mid-40s or, you know, wherever we are in our journey, you do reach that brick wall, don't you? It's like it, I cannot put this off anymore. I'm ready to do this. And then, as you say, your body is not ready to do this because you've either been living a sedentary lifestyle, um, you might be carrying injuries that you didn't even know you had and until you start to move your body. Yeah.
1: I think that people come, you know, from two directions, you know, there's a lot of people who were very active and very athletic and then have taken a step back, whether it's because of children or jobs or whatever, and then they feel like their body can't do it anymore. They've got those injuries and they just feel very, um, very much like they've lost their old identity, and they don't know how to get it back. And then there's people who are like, yeah, I want to start now, but I can't figure out what the steps are. So you know, especially when you get mm. something like knee pain or foot pain, it's very disabling. And you'll hear it, you know, I know you, you posted something about Peter Attia the other day, and he's talking about, you know, all this hardcore heavy weightlifting and high intensity stuff. You can't do high intensity stuff if you've got a major foot problem. So you've got to deal with the injuries so that you can get that big picture stuff that we all know that we need.
0: I do love the phrase that you use being movement And mobility. And to me that just sounds so much more a welcoming and kind (laughs) um than physical activity or strength training. Uh, You do movement and mobility. And once you get that right, I guess the world is your oyster. Well, I hope so. That's certainly where I'm putting all of my bets.
1: Uh, But, you know, I know you are very aware of the importance of mobility as we age, because mobility really means your ability to do everything. You know, if you can't move your body around the world, you can't do anything that you want to do as you get older. And then I like the movement lens because it opens things out of just having to go to a gym in order to move our bodies. So, you know, when I think about movement, what I think about really is the stuff you do with your body to get your life done. And so, you know, we could drive to the grocery store or we could walk to the grocery store and we could carry our stuff home or we could stick it in the trunk of our car. So you get a lot more possibilities. And, you know, if you, if you I like to take a sort of an evolutionary lens. I don't know if you know what the, um, the evolutionary mismatch hypothesis is. But it's this idea that one of the reasons that our bodies don't work well as we get older is because we've taken a human body that's evolved to move all day long, like a hunter-gatherer, and we've stuck ourselves in chairs and shoes all day. So there's a mismatch between what we need and what we're getting. And that's the perspective I take on kind of how we should probably be moving, which is large amounts of slow movement all day, some amounts of high-intensity work regularly, and a lot of stuff we don't think about, like lifting and carrying and climbing and and reaching, stuff we don't do because we're always stuck in front of computers. So a lot of my work is how do we get from point A, which is I've got a knee injury, to point B, which is, you know, how are we moving all day long more like one of our ancestors would have done.
0: Mm-hmm. And we do see that, don't we? And, and it's proven not only in the work you do, but in the blue zones uh, and those studies that the people that are living the longest, healthiest, happier lives are probably living much simpler lives. Um, But it's not to say they're not working hard, because they are. They're still either farming all day long, they're in the fields, they're in small villages, they're carrying their their, their goods around and just, as you say, using the body for what it was intended, Um, which I think, you know, you would be one to advocate that you've got to use your mind as well. And I guess that all comes into balance at that point. Yeah, I mean, from
1: the movement point of view, um, I think that, Because our environments have changed so much, you do have to start to be quite strategic about how you think about giving yourself movement. You know, it's very easy to sit in the couch all day when you're not sitting at your desk. And to drive places and, you know, our bodies want to do that. Like we're energy conservers. Like biologically speaking, we're one of the laziest animals. So you've got to fight against that. And then you've got to fight against your culture that says, Hey, it's super normal to sit in a chair for eight hours a day. So you actually, you do have to be quite strategic and committed, but then you can use little hacks. And I talk about it a lot. You know, I, I very rarely sit in chairs if I have an opportunity not to because it means I get body weight exercise. 15 30 times a day just getting up and down like what like why would you not do that so i mean i think there's simple ways around it but you have to be kind of aware of them
0: a quick reminder our sister platform YouMustTryIt.com, has gentle cleansers vitamin a at home red light therapy devices hair regrowth and gut health products we've got you covered we've done the research and found the best products to support us age well now back to our chat You've taken to the extreme and obviously um, left your corporate world behind and gone on this wonderful mission to, I guess, educate um, as well as inspire people to get into movement. It would be very difficult, I imagine, as a lawyer or an accountant, um, a doctor in the, in the supermarket to decide, well, I'm just going to kick off my shoes and I'm just going to put my laptop on the floor and don't mind me <laughs> in my corporate suit, but I'm now squatting Um typing, <laughs> typing out my work. Okay, I,
1: you, you can see it like that. But I think there's more opportunities than we think. So you know, when I was at the government, I was like standing desk, I must have a standing desk. And I got a standing desk you know, almost everyone can convince their employers these days to get a standing desk. There's so many more people now who are um Who are working from home, and if you're working from home, unless you've got a big screen array in front of you, you can probably spend some of your time on the floor. I know it sounds crazy to sit on the floor, but as soon as you get the idea of it, you can actually set up a really nice floor sitting living room. Like it doesn't mean literally sitting on the ground. You can set things up so that you've got kind of a nice space. And you know, I know you've got some some of James's uh, from the Foot Collective tools in your um your sort of like our favorite things because you know foot restoration is part of it. So I think that when I think about, you know, how you do that pathway from like my body's hurting to my body's feeling great. One of the things we miss all the time is our feet. Because when you go to the gym, no one's like, let's do a foot exercise day. Everybody's like, let's do abs day or let's do arms day. But our feet are so important. And so that makes them low hanging fruit. They're important. They're very underused. And, um, they don't actually take a lot of time to work on and you don't have to kick off your shoes completely there's all kinds of shoes that are healthier for your feet that you can transition into so i get to be barefoot because we're traveling the world and i live on a beach most of the time but even my friends in canada you know there are barefoot style winter boots to keep your feet warm and i know you guys are going into winter right now so there's a lot of options that you can kind of, you don't have to you don't have to do it all i am indeed a bit of a type a i'm going to do the thing completely sort of person <laughs> but you can moderate this
0: to to fit where you're at I love this idea of basically starting at the ground up. Let's start with our feet because even if we're, we're sitting here with shoes on now, we've got our winter boots on, as you say, but basically it's the same. they should be able to move just like our fingers, shouldn't they? We we used to grab onto things with our feet. We used to hold onto um, the ground with our feet using all those bones and all those muscles. Um, that's really where it starts, and, I, and you're saying that will flow all the way through our bodies
1: and all the way up. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, the reason our feet are so complicated is partly to be able to handle walking on textured surfaces, but also because as a bipedal, as a two-legged walker, your feet have to do more than a four-footed walker would have to do. Your feet have to be rigid to push you forward and your feet have to be able to soften to absorb shock. And that's a movement pattern called pronation and supination, which most people have heard of, but most people have been told that they're an overpronator or they've got high rigid arches because we get stuck in one end of that expression a lot of the time. And you need to be able to have both to walk effectively. So the end goal of foot restoration will be that maybe you have less foot pain, but it's really to make your walking more amazing because you need pronation and supination in your feet. That travels through your knees, it travels through your hips, that means it travels to your pelvic floor. That full expression is one of the main ways that we have to walk in a way that's better for our entire bodies that we lose when we've got really stiff, rigid feet. The other major thing about walking is that you know we need to have our hips able to travel through a range of flexion, which is our, our leg bones traveling in front of us, and extension, which is our leg bones traveling behind us. Again, part of pronation and supination, but maybe a bit more specific to the hips. And if we don't have that, we tend to kind of lurch around, which puts a lot of forward throwing momentum into our bodies, which causes a lot of back stuff and neck stuff and upper body tension. So, you know, walking is really important as a health giver, but the way we walk is also really important. And you can definitely optimize it by getting our feet into better shape and getting our hips into better shape so that what we get from our walking is much more of a long-term benefit than potentially contributing to some long-term issues.
0: We do have some amazing little tools, as you mentioned, from the Foot Collective on our sister platform, You Must Try It, which is a shop full of goodies. Um, but there's some fabulous ones there being the toe spreaders, almost like you do when you're having your um, nail polish or, or toe polish done, just keeping those bones and those feet spread apart a little bit more. And, my God, Petra, how good it feels <laughs> when you actually put those on. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Or, the, the you know, a tennis ball even, just putting that under your foot And rolling it around, and you can feel everything just breaking down and breaking apart. Um, It's actually quite an extraordinary and beautiful therapeutic feeling.
1: I know, I know. I mean, our feet are sense organs, right? Because they connect us to the ground. They should be giving your brain so much information about where you are in space. You know, that's one of their main jobs. And so that's why they feel so good once you start waking them up, once you start bringing blood flow into them. Like your feet are like, oh my God, (laughs) yay, because they're so important. And then what you get from that is better balance, which is huge as we get older because fall risk is a serious thing to consider because once you fall, you don't typically have the best outcomes as we get older. And you get better balance. It feels good. You get this whole new way of exploring the world. So, you know, you might start by working on your feet because of foot pain, but then you usually end by working on your feet because you're like, oh, my goodness, it just is so much
0: better. It makes sense physically. We talk a lot about grounding as well and just having your feet touching the earth does so many things for for everything, for your mindset, um, right through obviously to your, to, to your physical wellness. Yeah, I'm honestly very uninformed about grounding. I hear it all the time,
1: of course, but because I'm so focused on movement and because I'm barefoot all the time anyway, I just don't think about it. But, you know, everything I'm reading about it seems to be that it's a great option to add to your toolbox. So I'm all for being barefoot, no matter why.
0: You're completely 100%. grounded.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%, <laughs> 100%, 100% grounded. I love it. People will obviously want to find you and it's this wonderful thing that you have developed as a part of sharing your your new skills and your newfound love is online courses. Uh, What made you move from, I guess, just having this for yourself to sharing it with the world? Yeah, well, I mean, I wanted to teach as
1: soon as I discovered movement, mostly because I was like, this is a job I can do forever. Like, I love it. I love sharing it. And I want something that I can do when I'm 75. And I was like, I can definitely teach movement when I'm 75. I could tell that that would be something I would still love to do. So for the first five years or so of teaching, it was just live and in person. But then when we started traveling, I wanted to do something that would let me stay in touch with and support all of my physical in-person students who were in Toronto and Canada. So I created my first online program, which is my membership program that still exists today. We've got like 165 classes in it now. It's huge. So that was my very first online course. And I kept working on it when we first were were traveling. But then it just made sense to, to stay online and to build it. And then COVID happened and we were already online. So it just made sense to keep building it. And now it's a, kind of an exciting time for us right now because we've been able to take a bit of a step back and we're really working on making our programs more... Um, I don't know what the right word is like more progressive I guess so that when you come into our environment you can start with one of our pre-courses and that then that's going to lead you to as a beginning step no matter kind of what your desires are so you know we've, we're creating it's two pelvic floor courses really but it's a pelvic floor and upper body course that's a foundational course for how you how you can improve your upper body movement whether it's your shoulders or your spine or your core function. And then the other pelvic floor course is pelvic floor and hips. And so that's going to be how you move your hips so that you can also walk better and squat better and pronate and supinate better. But all of that plays into how your pelvic floor is working. So it's kind of those are going to be foundational for both upper body and lower body. And then we've got joint mobility as well because joint mobility underpins everything. So that's kind of our,
0: our environment we're creating right now. So where do we start with Petra Fisher movement? What is what is the first course that everyone should be doing? Um, whether they have been sedentary, whether they're they're ready to start uh that movement and mobility rather than just exercise. Do you have like the perfect pathway that people should be taking with your courses?
1: So well, the nice thing about movement is that you can't lose even if you take um, any pathway. If you start at all, then you're going to be winning. But we sort of created two starting points. So number one is for Your Feet, which is a free foot program. It's seven days of email lessons that will get you way healthier in your feet and, and started off on that pathway towards better walking. And that's an awesome product we've had out for a while. And then we just created a new one called Ribcage Magic, and that's entirely focused on our upper body rib cage position. And, and it's because when you're thinking about pelvic floor stuff, which I think about a lot these days, so your pelvic floor group of muscles, they're the bottom of your core. Being at the bottom of your core, they play a role in stabilizing your body, whether you're walking or whether you're picking something up or whatever you're doing, your pelvic floor is part of how, how you move all the other ways. So you need your core to work well. And what that means is it needs to function as a system between your diaphragm, which is your main breathing muscle, the, the muscles around your core and your pelvic floor. They've got to work as a team. When I see 90% of people, I'm going to just show you physically because it's a little more easy to see. So what, one of the fixes that we do for posture is that we like to lift up. That's the military posture. You'll see it all Whoa. the time. This is just deadly <laughs> on your actual core function. This is a terrible idea, so don't do it. Do it. Oh, don't <laughs> let do it, it all I oh, was thinking, oh, she can yeah, see yeah, something. Yeah, gonna... You thought I was going to tell you to do that. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Total opposite. The problem with it, the problem with this fix is that most of us are getting it from a spot isolated in our mid-back. We're, we're hyper-using our bottom uh, rib cage where it meets our low back. And so we're hyper-using that. It pushes our core attachments out of position. So it's not great for our low backs it's not great for our core and it's not great for our pelvic floor so my new giveaway is helping you stop having great posture so you can start fixing your core or healing your core in a way that's more productive uh so there you go the good news is you never have to do that again
0: oh goodness i'll I'll slump back down here now i love that you said getting, (laughs) getting older doesn't have to hurt um and look it hurts in in so many ways doesn't it it hurts our minds it hurts our bodies it can hurt our relationships um all of this comes together in just embracing the fact that we are getting older and I like to think now we're getting more powerful and we're getting stronger um, in our second half of our lives um and obviously mobility is is a huge part of that but just connecting with your body just being More aware of what's going on in your entire system, and as you say, everything is connected. Every little bit is helping or hindering another part. Yeah.
1: Well, I love what you're doing because you know we we have this opportunity to be really strategic about how we get older. You know, you're, you're making decisions about how you're getting older, even if you don't realize that you're making those decisions, and. If you start becoming aware of the fact that you are literally able to make choices, you know, you can never know for sure, but you're casting your bets right now, right? So the more you can do now to build your muscle mass, to increase your bone density, to get habits of awareness, to focus on mobility, you know, nobody knows exactly how much mobility you need or how much you need to work on it. But we're pretty sure that if you move everything in a full range of motion every day, you're going to keep those ranges of motion much more so than if you move in very limited ranges. So you got to keep all those range is going, you've got to think about lifting your arms in the air a few times a day. So it doesn't necessarily have to be hard, but it does need to be consistent and you need to build those in. And that's what's, you know, it's your best insurance for, um, for what's going to be happening when you're 85, you know?
0: Yeah, that's it. And we, you know, paying it forward or doing this for your 10 year or 20 year older self or, or making sure that whatever you actually want to do in retirement, that you are capable of doing you know you can set yourself all these amazing life goals of when when i retire i'm going to travel and i'm going to you know walk the pilgrim trails and i'm going to hike but if you don't start getting ready for that now you're going to be really disappointed with yourself aren't you It gives you a lot more
1: capacity later. You know, everybody's different and there are some people who can do the most amazing things without doing any preparation whatsoever. So I never like to be too doom and gloom about it. But like, why not hedge your bets, right? Like give yourself the best possible opportunity to achieve your dreams. And, you know, you don't get dreams by dreaming about them. You get dreams by doing stuff to create them and to make them happen and you know that's why we're traveling the world right now is because we had a budget and we had a plan and we spent two years renovating our house for it you know and it's the same like if you have something that you really want to do in your life the earlier you can start working on it the better off you're going to be whether it's movement or probably anything else
0: right that's it well let's go back to that because obviously career change life change um can be a huge obstacle for people or i guess that that the unknown. Um, tell us about your jump into the unknown. Were you planning it for a long time? Did, was it something that was sort of manifesting within you? Or as as you sort of explained very early on in our chat, uh, I was in, I was out, I was done. Um, was it really like that? Or some? I guess some advice for our listeners that might be thinking, you know what, I have done this job now for 20, 30 years. I, I'm bored. I want a new challenge. But it's obviously my source of income. it has been my life i I've you know um, cultivated all these knowledge and skills. How hard is it to actually pull the pin and start again?
1: So it sort of depends on the model that you're going to use so if you want to retire completely then you're going to have a different financial plan than if you plan to work so the biggest thing is planning you know you need some spreadsheets you need to talk to a financial advisor or or have some good financial savvy so that you know exactly what you're dealing with and we built we built a financial model of what would happen over the next 10 to 20 years in our life including a worst case doom and gloom scenario that was like literally taking the great depression and applying it to all of our savings so that was like our number one thing was like we were like okay can we actually do this financially with what we've got going so that that was really helpful and I think that that does a lot to reassure you on whether it's possible you know we didn't just like abandon everything and decide to just Venture off willy-nilly. We also started saving money. Like we really did stop buying everything that wasn't essential in our lives. We stopped going out for dinner. We like cooking anyway, and it's healthier to cook at home. So that was a good excuse to just do all all of our own cooking. And we still try to buy as little stuff as possible. Like that's important for us environmentally. It's important for us because we can't carry too much with us when we're traveling. And it saves us a lot of money. So, you know, what you spend is just as important as what you are making. And then you need to be realistic about what your income. Um, could be if you intend to keep working. So we didn't really intend to work as much as we ended up working. And things have been great with with running an online business. And it's such a, it's a joy for me to be able to share this work. And part of it's just my own perfectionistic nature. You know, like we're creating new programs right now, because I want to make sure that our programs are offering things for more people and in a better way. Um, And so it means that our business keeps growing and building, even though I didn't really set out to do this. And so Chris, now my partner works full-time on it and we've got three staff now. So it's just, it keeps growing and we're like, Holy crap, this is not what what we really plan to do, (laughs) but you can't count on that happening. And especially with online stuff, um, you know, you have to want to spend time working on it. So, you know, we, we are super lucky, we get to go to the beach when we want to go to the beach. But right now, we're also working 10, 12 hour days to get these courses done. Um, but I sit on the floor to do it. And I do push ups every 15 minutes. So, you know, we're working a lot, but we're moderating it out so we can still have movement. But, um, you know, if
0: you plan to have an online business, be prepared to learn how to have an online business. Back in Season 1, Episode 12, we learned about the benefits of collagen from the amazing Dr. Frank Lipman. It was that conversation that saw us researching the best possible collagen products we could find for us and for you. I'm excited to say our favourite brands now available inside our sister platform and store, youmusttryit.com. You'll also find a range of fabulous products from gynecologist Dr. Anna Kabeca, who we interviewed in Season 2. I absolutely love her maca powder and keto green protein power. After today's episode, perhaps go back and listen to Episode 2. It's called Let's Take a Menu Pause with Dr. Anna Kabeca. It's worth a listen. Okay, my friends, now back to today's episode. Petra, it's quite incredible. You must, I guess, have this wonderful feeling um, that you are making a difference in hundreds of thousands of people's lives.
1: It's really crazy. You know, I, I think I was saying to um, to Amanda before we hopped on here, the numbers that we've had uh, who are getting engaged in our work have really skyrocketed over the last year. And every so often you look at the numbers and you're like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy. But it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see people who are, you know, in their middle age or older. You know, we've got some people who are in their 70s and even 80s who are like, oh my goodness, I can make these changes. It's really exciting to see people, you know, figuring out that they have options that didn't maybe seem obvious to them until they started seeing what we're sharing and it's nice because it's so empowering right it's it's ways you can look after yourself that don't require going to the doctor's office and don't require surgery and suddenly you start feeling better and doing more of what you love and i think that's really kind of the guiding goal of this stuff is no one really loves doing exercises at home but everyone loves walking in the camino and if those exercises at home mean you can go out for those long treks then i think mm-hmm. you should consider doing them.
0: Petra, there's a whole audience here that is completely inspired, fired up and ready to take the next step, whether it be perhaps developing a business idea, perhaps walking in and and throwing in the towel um, in their current job, or perhaps just getting a bit of movement into their day. Um, What is your best advice for people in, in those free frames of mind right now?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't recommend quitting your job entirely without thinking about it first.
0: Uh, But you know, one thing that I always recommend
1: to people is to start by trying some floor sitting. It's super simple. You don't have to do it tons all day long. But just one time when you're going to sit in a chair, instead set yourself up a little station on a rug, have a couple cushions around. And sit on the floor for when you check your Instagram, for example, and that'll give you a bunch more body weight movement, a bunch more mobility. It's very simple. I have a few YouTubes about some technique tips that you can use to build strength and to sit well because bolstering up your body, sometimes it hurts to sit on the floor at first. So I've got some tips there that you can check out on my YouTube, but fundamentally, it's just a question of spending less time in a chair by sitting on the floor a couple times a day. It's already doing a great job for your body.
0: Petra, obviously, um, with online, you still have a wonderful connection to your clients and people that are involved in your programs. I'm sure there's a lot of back and forward chat and and a lot of those hippie hip, hooray moments um, that you have with some of the people that do your workouts. Can you share one of those with us? Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, I think the most exciting one that's happened recently was from a fellow Australian, actually. So she... Um, somebody who had plantar fasciitis and lots of soreness in her hips. And so she's one of my Take 10 membership students. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, I don't really do your classes. And I was like, well, why don't you do the classes? Why don't you try starting to do the classes? She was doing physio for her, um, for her hips because she was leading into a hip replacement. So she was doing her physio, but she still had plantar fasciitis and it hadn't helped that. And I was like, okay, go ahead and do the classes. And so she dived in and she started working on some of the Um, the main kind of how you stand better and how you walk better. And three weeks later, she texted me and she was like, is it possible for this stuff to to make changes really quickly? And I was like, well, it might. I mean, the way pain works can be really interesting. And she was like, I think I'm going to cancel my hip replacement appointment. (gasps) And I was like, no. And she's like, I think I might. I, I don't have any pain anymore. Like It's sometimes a tiny twinge. And I was like, well, I mean, that's a big decision. So why don't you give it a little longer? So she waited another week and she wrote to me and she was like, I'm cancelling it. I'm cancelling it. So she just cancelled her hip replacement surgery about four weeks after actually starting to do the work that we, we'd we asked her to suggest that she try doing.
0: Isn't that crazy? Oh my God, that that is crazy, crazy. incredible and fabulous all at once. And even yeah. if you do end up revisiting it, you've probably had 20 more years where you haven't and to go through that. Right.
1: So, you know, obviously surgery can be a great option, but if you do movement work, sometimes you don't need the surgery and your worst case scenario is you typically get a better results out of the surgery because, you know, to the extent your movement patterns are contributing to the problem, you are starting to create healthier tissues and change the patterns so that after the surgery, you get better long-term outcomes. So that's just, I mean, my heart is still warm about, about that particular story. It's just so exciting and I'm so happy for her.
0: Absolutely. And look, here we always say these are just conversations. These are something to trigger ideas in your mind, uh, but make sure you do get advice before you start doing any exercise. Where Where is the best place for that? Is Obviously, we're looking at this from more of a, a holistic angle of, of helping yourselves, but if you wanted to just check in with someone that it's going to be okay for you to start, would you say that that any of your programs are a great place to start or should people be getting some advice from a a GP or an expert in person uh, before they kick off doing anything? Well,
1: it's always really hard to tell because it kind of depends on where you're at. You know, if you have a lot of chronic or existing issues, then it's a really good idea to check with your clinician to know if there's anything you can't do. So, for example, if you have osteoporosis, you probably should not be doing a lot of forward flexion. And there's just not really much you can do about that because that will be a fracture risk if you have bone density loss. But generally... With our bodies, you can feel if you go slowly whether something is hurting you or not, and then you can modify what you're doing so it's not hurting. And as a general guideline, if what you're doing isn't causing you pain, then you can explore um, with some degree of certainty that it's going to be an, a, a good place for you to to explore. So, uh, my joints for life program is generally where I start most people as a paid program because that is working on joint mobility in a way that's very safe and that's very um, foundational for anything else that you could want to do. So by all means, check with your doctor to find out if there's anything you shouldn't do. But our culture as a whole tends to say, oh, if it, if you're, you know, it it tends to avoid movement. And it's usually better to try movement carefully than it is to avoid movement, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. And what we're saying here is by not moving, you are doing yourself more harm and creating more pain. Find the opportunities. Be
1: careful. Don't you know? Don't be crazy. Don't go out and jump on a trampoline four thousand times. But generally speaking, if your choice is between doing some careful movement and resting completely, the careful movement's going to do you more good.
0: I would suggest that most women over forty couldn't jump on a trampoline without severe embarrassment along the way, um, perhaps embarrassing our children as well, or just plain incontinence. Um, Obviously, the pelvic floor at our age is something that we really have taken for granted um, up until this point. And the fact of exercising your insides, to me, is just fascinating stuff. I've read some of your work and you're saying good old Kegels isn't quite enough anymore.
1: I don't think they've ever really been enough. And, you know, to be clear, like Kegels have a place in pelvic floor recovery, but Kegels are kind of like the bicep curl of the ex- of the pelvic floor exercise world. They're a spot treatment that focuses on a very specific muscle group. Um... And our pelvic floors are a group of muscles that respond to how we breathe, how we use our core, what we lift, how we walk and run. Um, They need to be able to function through a full range of motion and they get strong when they function in a full range of motion. And so a spot treatment like a Kegel, which tends to be done as just a squeeze, 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 doesn't really give you the full range of loading that a healthy pelvic floor needs in order to be really awesome and functional. So yeah, I mean, kegels, fine, do some, some people get really helped by doing them, but there's a bigger picture out there. And I think we get better results when we think big picture. And then the carry on of that is you also get better results for everything else. So, you know, it just makes sense to think whole body for your pelvic floor, I think.
0: That's it. So Petrofisher movement is the perfect place to start you can take it slow you can take it easy and you say there's 160 odd uh different courses or workouts there to get involved with so it really is a matter of just doing it isn't it to use uh, another company's better word another company which does not make <laughs> great shoes I might add <laughs> we don't need shoes we don't need shoes <laughs> shoes are okay
1: the right shoes you need the right shoes <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we've got lots of options, lots of free options to get you started. And uh, we're excited about where things are going. And we're really excited to be a part of what
0: you're doing here, Shelley. Well, thank you so much, Petra. We are so thrilled to have spoken to you today. Um, as you said, we'll put it up there, petrafishermovement.com. I love your Instagram. Not only do you have uh, fabulous, wonderful content on there, but the back- backdrops are always gorgeous and inspiring as well. So it just proves you can move no matter Where you are, what you're doing, whatever your situation, you've just got to think about it a little bit more. And maybe instead of taking those shortcuts and, you know, driving around for 15 minutes to find the closest park to the door, park a little bit further away and just walk a little bit further, knowing that you're going to do at least three kilometres around the shops when you're actually inside. (laughs) So what's an extra 200 metres to the door?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that attitude shift is so helpful and it's helpful with chores too. You know, suddenly having to wash the kitchen floor is a movement opportunity (sighs) instead of an annoying thing you have to do. And I'll tell you, it really helps when you're like, I'm doing this for my heart. It really helps. It really
0: helps. (laughs) That is a brilliant tip. Thank you so much. I will never look at housework the same again.
1: (laughs) It's good for you.
0: (laughs) Petra, have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for your time. You also, Shelley. Thank you. What an inspiration Petra is. What really struck me was how personal struggles led her to discover the magic of movement and mobility. She faced so many challenges like plantar fasciitis, pelvic floor problems, hip pain, but she didn't give up and for anyone with chronic issues, perhaps she might have offered you some inspiration today. And what about the topic of foot health? Petra suggested we take our feet for granted, which is very true. But she did warn us that neglecting foot health can have a ripple effect on our whole body. So let's start by giving our feet some love. And they'll thank us by keeping the rest of our body happy and pain-free. Feeling inspired yet? I know I am. I love these conversations. If you want to learn more about Petra Fisher and her incredible work, head over to her website at PetraFisherMovement.com. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I'm Shelley Craft and together, my friends, we're the Aging Project community and we're here to age really bloody well. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. As always, the Aging Project podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. Always seek medical advice from a qualified practitioner.